بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما For the past few weeks speaking about the biography of the great Khalifa Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiyallahu anh Mostly, we have been talking about the expeditions that he sent out. First, the expeditions against the Murtaddin, against the apostates in the Arabian Peninsula. And then after that, we spoke about the expeditions in the Persian Empire and also the Byzantine Roman Empire. And Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu an, as soon as he took the leadership role, as soon as he became the Khalifa, he had to immediately face these, these issues and these problems. But now we want to talk about a little bit of his life in Medina as the Khalifa of Rasulullah While these expeditions were out and about defending Islam outside of Medina, Abu Bakr al-Siddiq was in Medina keeping control of everything and making sure that everything was under his supervision. So he sent out these expeditions all over the place while he kept control in the capital of the Islamic empire which was at that time Al-Madinah. So Abu Bakr al-Siddiq as we know he was a man who had many great qualities. And the Prophet ﷺ attested to the great qualities of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq So when he became the Khalifa, when he became the ruler of the Muslims, those good qualities that he had, they became very apparent to the people. His humbleness, his honesty, his integrity, his carefulness in avoiding anything that was haram all of these were characteristics of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq that he had while the Prophet was alive and that he kept these qualities after the Prophet passed away so when Abu Bakr as-Siddiq was appointed as the Khalifa when it was agreed upon that Abu Bakr as-Siddiq would be the Khalifa of the Prophet he became the ruler of the Muslims, but he still went to the marketplace in order to conduct his business because he still needed to earn money. He still needed to earn money. And Abu Bakr as-Siddiq before he was the ruler of the Muslim Ummah, he used to be a businessman. So even after becoming the Khalifa, even after becoming the leader of the Ummah, he still went to the marketplace in order to earn his living. So after he became the Khalifa, he was going to the marketplace and Umar ibn al-Khattab and Abu Ubaidah ibn al-Jarrah these two great companions from the Muhajireen, they saw Abu Bakr as the Khalifa now going to the marketplace. So they found this strange and they asked him, where are you going? What are you doing? And then Abu Bakr replied, I'm going to do my trade. 
I'm going to do my business as usual. Then Umar radiallahu anhu said, you are now the Khalifa of the Prophet You are the ruler of the Muslims and you're still going to go and, and do trade like you were doing before? And you can see from this that Abu Bakr never even had it in his mind that he would take a salary for being Amirul Mu'mineen. Even though this is the hardest job that a person can have. The heaviest burden, the greatest responsibilities lie on the shoulders of the ruler. But the thought didn't even cross his mind that he's going to take a salary for this work. So he was expecting that he's just going to continue as usual and do business and that's how he's going to earn his income to take care of his family. So he was actually going to the marketplace as Amirul Mu'mineen. And Umar and Abu Ubaidah they asked him, what are you doing? He said, I'm going to the marketplace to do my trade. And then Umar said surprisedly, after you have become the ruler of the Muslims, you're still going to go and do trade? And then Abu Bakr said, how do you expect me to feed my family? Of course. I have to earn some income to feed my family. Then Umar suggested, okay, we will, we will make an allowance for you. We will make some sort of an allowance for you so that you won't have to do this type of, of business and your time will be free so that you can devote all of your time to the affairs of the Muslims instead of being busy with trade. So we will set uh, a salary for you. We will set an allowance for you that you can take from the Baytul Mal. So Umar an and Abu Ubaidah an. Now these are both senior companions from the Muhajirin. So they discussed amongst each other what would be a, a fair amount to give him. What would be a fair amount to give him? Just in order for him to live normally. Nothing extravagant. Because remember, this is from the Baytul Mal. So you can't play around with this money. So they only wanted to give him an amount that would be sufficient for himself and his family. So Umar and Abu Ubaidah they spoke amongst themselves and they decided, okay, we will pay Abu Bakr from the Baytul Mal 250 dinars per year. 250 dinars per year and half a sheep for food every day for himself and his family half a sheep a day in, in terms of food and 250 dinars a year in money as an, as an allowance, as a salary. So this is what was agreed upon in the beginning. Then after some time, some time later, Umar radiallahu anhu was walking in Medina and he came across a group of women who were gathered in one place. And he asked them, what are you doing? He asked these women, what are you doing here? And they replied to him, we are waiting for the Khalifa. We are waiting for Abu Bakr radiallahu And Abu Bakr radiallahu he didn't, he didn't come to that place that day. So Umar radiallahu was surprised. Like, why didn't he come to his office basically, you know, today? So as he investigated, Umar radiallahu he found Abu Bakr where? at the marketplace again. So Umar asked Abu Bakr what are you doing? Why are you here in the marketplace? And then Abu Bakr he said that the, the amount that you have agreed upon for me, that 250 dinars per year and, and half a sheep a day, it's not enough for me to take care of my family. So 
don't worry about that. I don't need to take the, the salary. I'm just going to continue to do the work that I used to do before. I'm just going to continue with my business and I don't need anything from the Baytul Mal. And then Umar said, no, no, this is not acceptable. As Amirul Mu'mineen, as the Khalifa of the Prophet وسلم, as the ruler of the Muslims, you know, you cannot be spending your time in trade. You have more important things to take care of. So we will increase your salary. We will increase it so that it will be enough for you and your family. So Abu Bakr he said, okay, what I need in order to take care of my family, the amount that I would need to be able to sufficiently take care of my family, instead of 250, I would need 300. And Abu Bakr he's not asking for anything extravagant. He's just asking for the minimum amount that he needs to take care of his family. So he said, I would need 300 dinars a year. And instead of half a sheep to feed all of my family, half a sheep for all, his whole family. He said, instead of half of a sheep for my whole family, I need one sheep a day. One sheep a day for feeding my family. And then Umar said, no, no, that's too much. We can't give you that much. Now look at this, how, how he's speaking to the, the ruler of the Muslims, the most powerful person in the Muslim Ummah at that time, Abu Bakr as-Siddiq he's the ruler. But Umar felt comfortable speaking to him like this. And Abu Bakr was comfortable being spoken to like this as well. Because he didn't consider it something that because he is the Amirul Mu'mineen, that he has more rights than other people. No, he never even thought like that at all. So Umar could speak to him like this about this issue. And he would be willing to listen to this. It was no problem. So Umar said, no, 300, it's too much. And then they took Ali radiallahu anhu as well to consult on this matter. What do you think? What do you think? This is what we had agreed to give him, but he's saying he needs this much. So they took Ali radiallahu anhu's advice as well. And Ali radiallahu he advised that, yeah, that's fair. Let him have 300 a year and one sheep a day. So then after Ali radiallahu gave his opinion, then Umar said, okay, if you guys think that that's fair, then we'll set it at that. So they all agreed then, these, these few people who spoke about the matter, they agreed to give Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu from that point a salary of 300 dinars per year and one sheep a day to feed his family. So now Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu he said, okay, you guys have agreed upon that. You know, you're just a couple of people. But let's, let's see if the, the majority of the people or let's see if all of the people will tell them how much my salary is, how much that you have agreed to give me and make sure that everyone is okay for it. Make sure that everyone is fine with that. He didn't want to do something uh, without transparency. He wanted the people to know exactly how much he's taking and he wanted to make sure that the people are okay with that. So he actually went into the masjid and he went on the mimbar to announce to the people. And he announced to them that they were paying me 250 dinars a year. That was what had been agreed upon and half a sheep in food. But it was not enough for my family. So now Umar and Ali radiallahu anhuma have agreed to increase it to 300 dinars a year and one whole sheep per day to feed my family. Do you agree? So he goes into the masjid, he goes on the mimbar and he announces his salary to the people to make sure that they are okay with it. This is the ruler of the Muslim ummah making sure that the people are okay with how much he is taking as a salary, even though it's such a, such a small amount. 
300 dinars a year and one sheep a day for his whole family for food. But still he wanted to make sure that this is okay with everyone. And then they announced to him, they said to him, yes, we agree. Radina, Radina, we are pleased with this. We are happy with this. Go ahead. So then Abu Bakr al-Siddiq he was okay with that. And he left his trade and he devoted all of his time to the matters of the Muslim Ummah. These matters of great importance for the Muslim Ummah. And he wasn't uh, preoccupied anymore by having to, to work or to do business in order to earn money for his family. So this was the integrity of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq And some reports mention that when Abu Bakr when he was about to pass away, when he was on his deathbed, that he had some properties that he owned before. And he ordered for those properties to be sold. He ordered for those properties to be sold and the money that comes from those properties, whatever has been taken as his salary from the Baytul Mal, whatever he gets from those properties, that amount should be returned back to the Baytul Mal. So whatever he had collected up to that point in terms of his salary, he returned it all back to the Baytul Mal, even though he didn't have to do that because he was taking a valid salary. But he didn't want to have anything from the treasury of the Muslims, from the Baytul Mal. So he ordered for some of his properties to be sold and for that amount that he took from the Baytul Mal to be replenished, to be returned to the Baytul Mal before he passed away. So look at this honesty, look at this integrity, look at this carefulness, look at this fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu an had. This is one example of the greatness of this man. Another example of the great qualities of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq is that he would always find ways to do good and he would do things secretly. He would keep things between himself and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that people didn't know that he was doing. He was doing so much good without people knowing what he was doing. His sincerity was there. This ikhlas was there in his heart. So, Umar radiallahu an used to always like to keep an eye on Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu an, see what he's doing. Because he knew that Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu an was always one step ahead of him. Umar radiallahu an was great. But Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu an was always a step ahead of him. And Umar knew this. He knew this. So he always wanted to like follow Abu Bakr around, secretly follow him see what he's doing so that he could learn from this too and do the same types of things. Because Umar radiallahu anhu, he knew the status of Abu Bakr. And he knew that Abu Bakr, out of the companions of the Prophet wasallam, that he was number one. And there's an example of this even during the life of the Prophet wasallam, When the Prophet wasallam was preparing the army for Tabuk, for the Ghazwat of Tabuk. This was towards the end of the life of the Prophet ﷺ, in the later years in Medina. The Prophet ﷺ was, was preparing a huge expedition to go to Tabuk. And he told the companions to do whatever they could in terms of preparing the army. Bring your sadaqah in order to prepare this army. Bring whatever you can. So it happened to be that in that time period, Umar ﷺ, he had a pretty good amount of money. Umar radiallahu anhu at that time, he had quite a bit of wealth. 
So when the Prophet ﷺ was asking for the people to come and give charity for the Ghazwat Tabuk, Umar he said to himself, this is my chance. Finally today, I'm going to get ahead of Abu Bakr. Today, in my competition with Abu Bakr, I'm going to get a step ahead. I'm going to get a step ahead. He thought this to himself. He thought that this was his opportunity. So he came to the Prophet ﷺ with a good amount of sadaqah. And the Prophet ﷺ asked Umar, Ya Umar, ma abqayta li ahlik? What have you left for your family? You, you brought a lot of sadaqah here. So what have you left for your family? And Umar he said, abqaytu mithlahu. I have left a similar amount to what I have brought. So basically what he's saying is he brought, he brought half of his wealth. And I have left a similar amount with my family. The amount that I'm giving you is such and such and I have left the same amount with my family. So basically he brought half of his wealth as sadaqah. That's huge. Imagine half of your whole net worth, you're giving it fi sabilillah, giving it in sadaqah. This is big. This is very big. So Umar radiallahu anhu, he thought that today I'm going, to, I'm going to get ahead of Abu Bakr in this act at least. Then Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, he came and he gave what he had in sadaqah. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked Abu Bakr, Ya Abu Bakr, ma abqayta li ahlik? What have you left for your family? Ya Abu Bakr. And Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, he replied, abqaytu lahum Allah wa rasulah. I have left Allah and his messenger with them. Meaning he didn't leave any money with them. He brought all the wealth that he had. All of the wealth that he had and he gave it he gave it in sadaqah. So at that point, Umar he realized that I'm never going to get ahead of this man. No matter what I do, he will always be ahead of me. And he said to Abu Bakr, Wallahi la usabiquka abada. He said, Wallahi, I will, I will never be able to compete with you. I know today, I have learned today that I will never get ahead of you. I will never be able to compete with you. Ya Abu Bakr. So Umar knew this from the time of the Prophet So even after Abu Bakr became the Khalifa, he knew that Abu Bakr was a step ahead of him. So he wanted to learn from him. He wanted to see what is he doing. Maybe I can do something like it at least. Even though I can't be at his level, I can try my best you know, to, to do similar things to what he is doing. So Umar one day he was following Abu Bakr around just seeing what he was doing. And Abu Bakr didn't know about this. So after Salatul Fajr. And this is while Abu Bakr is the Khalifa. He's the Khalifa. He's the ruler of the Muslims. A person with very heavy responsibilities on his shoulders. So Umar radiallahu anhu, he saw Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu after Salatul Fajr. He went to a small house in the city. A small house in Medina. And he went inside that house and he stayed there for some time. And then he left. And Umar radiallahu anhu, he's observing this from a distance. And he's thinking, what is he doing? Whose house is that? Why did he go in there? What was he doing in there? And then he noticed that Abu Bakr was not going there only once or twice, but he was going there every day. After Salatul Fajr, the Khalifa, the ruler of the Muslim Ummah, he's going to this small house, staying there for some time, and then leaving. So Umar he's like, what's going on here? So one day he waited for Abu Bakr to go into that house, to come out and leave. Once Abu Bakr radiallahu anh left and he was out of distance, out of sight, Umar radiallahu anh, he, he went to that house and he asked for permission to come in. 
he was given permission to come in when he went inside he saw an old lady an old lady who was so weak that she could barely move she could barely even move and she was blind a blind weak old lady and then Umar when he saw her he was surprised and he, he asked her who was that person who came in your home and then then left and then she said wallahi I don't know who he is Wallahi, I don't know who he is. He is just this guy who comes to my house every day. He comes and he cleans up. He sweeps the house, makes it clean. He cooks some food and he leaves it for me and he goes. And this happens every day. He doesn't even talk to me. I don't know who he is. But he's a nice guy who comes every day, keeps my house clean and makes me food and goes. So Umar was just shocked at this. Look at Abu Bakr Siddiq Look at what he's doing. He's personally serving people who are in need. As, as if he's like a servant to them. This is something that a servant would do. He goes, he cleans her house, he makes her food and he leaves. Without even saying a word. He just does the job and he leaves. So when Umar when he saw this, when he saw this, he said, he said it addressing Abu Bakr, but he didn't say it to Abu Bakr's face, but he said it to himself addressing Abu Bakr. You have made things very difficult for the rulers who come after you, Ya Abu Bakr. You have set the standard very high. You have set the bar really, really high. And you have made it difficult for people who are going to be the rulers after you to reach your level and to do what you are doing. You have made things hard for them, Ya Abu Bakr. This is what Umar said. So this was, this was Abu Bakr as-Siddiq. What an amazing personality. What great qualities he had. Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, of course, he was also known for his humbleness. And both of these examples that we gave, of his, of his salary and, and of his serving this woman, they show his humbleness. That he didn't think that he deserves any type of special privileges or any type of special attention because he is, he is the ruler of the Muslims. He never thought like this. Rather, he remained humble. And his humbleness was actually attested to by the Prophet ﷺ himself before the Prophet ﷺ passed away. The Prophet ﷺ attested to the fact that Abu Bakr he does not have arrogance. He does not have any type of pride. He does not have the quality of arrogance in his heart. The Prophet himself gave him this tazkiyah, gave him this attestation. And that is from the hadith of the Prophet where the Prophet said, Man khuyala, lam The Prophet said, whoever drags his garment Whoever drags his garment out of arrogance, out of pride, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not look at this person on Yawm Al-Qiyamah. And that was a habit of the Arabs in those days that as a sign of arrogance, as a sign of pride, they would make their garments very low, past the ankle, sometimes even dragging on the ground. So they would do this as a sign of arrogance. So the Prophet said, Whoever does this out of arrogance, man jarra thawbahu khuyala, Whoever drags their garment out of pride, out of arrogance, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not look at this person on Yawm Al-Qiyamah. So Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, when he heard this, he said, Ya Rasulullah, inna 
أحد شقي إزاء إن أحد شق إزاري يسترخي إلا أن أتعاهد ذلك منه. He said that one of the sides of my izar, my lower garment, it comes down. Not intentionally, but it comes down by itself. And I have to make sure I'm constantly bringing it up. I don't do it on purpose, but it goes down by itself. And then the Prophet said, لَسْتَ مِمَّنْ يَصْنَعُهُ خُيَلًا You are not from the people who do it out of, uh, out of arrogance. You are not from the people who do it out of arrogance. So this is a attestation from the Prophet himself that Abu Bakr is not an arrogant person and he does not have arrogance in his heart. So this, this is a great praise for Abu Bakr from the tongue of the Prophet himself. So that was from his characteristics as well. He was a man of humbleness. Also, from the qualities of Abu Bakr was that he would always look for many multiple different ways to do good. Not just one type of good, but he would find different types of good. Whatever he could find to do good in different ways, he would always do it. And that was during the time of the Prophet ﷺ and also even after the Prophet ﷺ passed away. Whatever, whatever good he could do, he would do. And this is apparent from the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ where one day the Prophet ﷺ, he asked, he, he asked a group of his companions after one of the prayers. They were gathered in the masjid and the Prophet ﷺ asked, مَنْ أَصْبَحَ مِنْكُمُ الْيَوْمَ صَائِمًا who amongst you is fasting today? Who amongst you is fasting today? So Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, he was there. He said, Ya Rasulullah, Ana, I'm fasting today, Ya Rasulullah. Then the Prophet asked the second question. Who amongst you has followed a funeral procession today? Who amongst you has attended a funeral today? And Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, again, again he said, Ana, two things. Then the Prophet ﷺ asked the third question. Who amongst you has fed a poor person today? Abu Bakr he said, Ana. And then the Prophet ﷺ asked the fourth question. Who amongst you has visited a sick person today? And again, Abu Bakr he said, Ana, I have. So four things that the Prophet uh, that, that Abu Bakr did that day. In the same day. So it shows that he's always looking for multiple avenues of good. Different ways to do good. I'll fast today. I will visit a sick person today. I will feed a poor person today. I will follow a janazah today. All different types of good. But he's combining them all. Doing them all on the same day. So then the Prophet wasallam said, مَجْتَمَعْنَا فِمْرِئِنْ إِلَّا دَخَلَ الْجَنَّةِ These four things are not combined in one person except that this person will enter Jannah. You do all of these four things in one day, this is a way to enter Jannah. So this was Abu Bakr as-Siddiq always looking for ways to do good. Different ways to do good. Also from the characteristics of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq was he was the most knowledgeable. He was the most knowledgeable from the companions of the Prophet He was the one who had the most ilm. He was the closest one to the Prophet ﷺ and the most knowledgeable one. 
And this is apparent from the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ where in the last days of the life of the Prophet ﷺ, just before he passed away, the Prophet ﷺ addressed the people and he said to the people, Allah gave a choice to one of his slaves. Allah gave a choice to one of his slaves to stay in this world or to have what is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, a choice. Either stay in this world or leave this world and have what is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam didn't mention that he was talking about himself. He just said, Allah gave one of his slaves. He didn't mention who the slave was. Allah gave one of his slaves a choice either to stay in this dunya or to leave this dunya and have what is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said this, Abu Bakr, amongst all of the companions who were there, only Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, he began to cry. He began to cry profusely. And the other companions, they looked at him and they were surprised. What, why is he crying? All the Prophet ﷺ just said is that Allah gave one of his slaves a choice between staying in this world or leaving this world and having what is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what, what is that? What did he say that's making Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anh cry so much? But he cried, he cried, he cried. And then he would say, he said, Ya Rasulullah, nafdika bi anfusina wa awladina. Ya Rasulullah, we would ransom you with our own selves and with our children. And the companions are surprised. Like, what, is, what is the relation to what Abu Bakr is saying to what the Prophet ﷺ said? Prophet ﷺ just mentioned that there is a slave from the slaves of Allah that Allah gave this choice to. And Abu Bakr is saying that we ransom you, Ya Rasulullah, with ourselves and with our children. And Abu Bakr is crying. They, they couldn't put it together. But then they realized afterwards that the Prophet ﷺ, who was he talking about? Who was the slave he was talking about? He was talking about himself. That Allah gave him a choice to stay in this dunya or to leave this dunya and have what is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that slave chose what is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He chose not to stay in this dunya. He chose to leave this dunya and have what is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So only Abu Bakr understood exactly what that meant. Only Abu Bakr understood that Allah has given the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ a choice to stay in this dunya or to leave this dunya and and have what is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the Prophet ﷺ chose to have what is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what does that mean? It means that the Prophet ﷺ is very soon, he's going to leave this world. And Abu Bakr understood it immediately. And that's why he said, Nafdika, Ya Rasulullah, bi anfusina wa awladina. Ya Rasulullah, we ransom you. We would ransom our, you with our own selves, our own lives and our own children. We would give up our own lives, give up our own children for you, Ya Rasulullah. So it was only Abu Bakr as-Siddiq who understood this from the Prophet ﷺ. The other companions, they didn't understand until later. So this shows that Abu Bakr as-Siddiq he was the most knowledgeable of the companions of the Prophet ﷺ. And the Prophet ﷺ also said regarding Abu Bakr as-Siddiq and this is towards the end of the life of the Prophet ﷺ. He said, Abu Bakr has favored me much with his company and with his property. The Prophet ﷺ is saying that Abu Bakr has favored me. Abu Bakr has always been at my side. He has favored me with his company. He was always a good friend to me, a great companion to me. Favored me with his company and with his property, with his wealth. Whenever you know, the Muslims needed something, Abu Bakr was always there, always at the forefront, more than other people. And then the Prophet ﷺ said something amazing. He said, if I were to take a Khalil other than my Lord, 
if I were to take a Khalil. Khalil means like a very close friend. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about Ibrahim alayhi salam, Allahu Ibrahim Khalila. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took Ibrahim as a Khalil, as a very close friend. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, if I were to take any Khalil other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I would have taken Abu Bakr as my Khalil. But the Islamic brotherhood and the friendship is sufficient. And then he ordered, close all of the gates of the masjid. There were many gates that, that entered the masjid of the Prophet ﷺ, many doors. And the Prophet ﷺ, towards the end of his life, he said, close all of those gates except the gate of Abu Bakr. Keep his gate open. So this was the love and the honor that the Prophet ﷺ had for Abu Bakr as-Siddiq Also from the great qualities of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq And this also ties into Abu Bakr radiallahu an always finding different ways to do good, different avenues of good. This ties into that as well. There's the hadith that Abu Hurairah radiallahu an men mentioned that he heard the Prophet sallallahu say, anyone who spends a pair of something in the cause of Allah will be called from the gates of paradise, O servant of Allah, this is good. The people of prayer, the people of salah will be called from the gate of prayer. Jannah, it has eight gates. Jannah, it has eight gates. There's Babu Salah, Babu Jihad, Babu Sadaqah, Babu Rayyad. So it has many different gates. The people of Salah, they will be able to enter through the gate of Salah. The people who used to fast, they will be able to enter through the gate of Rayyad. The people who gave Sadaqah, they will be able to enter through the gate of Sadaqah. So there are eight gates of Jannah. Eight gates of Jannah. So the Prophet ﷺ mentioned, the people of prayer will be called from the gate of prayer. The people of salah will be called from the gate of salah. The people of jihad will be called from the gate of jihad. The people of fasting, they will be called from the gate of rayyan. The people of sadaqah, of charity, they will, call, they will be called from the gate of sadaqah, from the gate of charity. So the Prophet ﷺ is mentioning all these different types of people who do diff different types of good and they will be able to enter Jannah from the corresponding gate. And then Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, he asked the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he asked the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Ya Rasulullah, will anyone be called from all of those gates? Eight gates of Jannah. Ya Rasulullah, will anyone be called from all of those gates? And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, yes, and I hope that you will be amongst them, Ya Abu Bakr. And I hope that you will be amongst them, Ya Abu Bakr. Again, it shows the way that Abu Bakr as-Siddiq would always try to find different ways to do good. Not only one type of good, but all sorts of good. This is, this is the personality of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq. Also, he was very, very careful to make sure that he never crossed any of the limits or the boundaries that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had set. And there's one beautiful example of this that Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, had, he had a servant that would sometimes come with food for Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. So he would bring this food to Abu Bakr. And Abu Bakr would ask him, where is this food from? Where did you get this food from? And he would tell him where he got it from. And then Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu, he would eat that food. One day Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, was very hungry. And this servant, he came with the food as usual. But Abu Bakr was very hungry, so he started eating it quickly without first asking 
this, this servant where he got the food from. So he didn't ask him and he was eating the food. And the servant was a little bit surprised because he was used to always being asked where he got the food. So he asked Abu Bakr Siddiq He said, usually you ask me where I got the food. Today you didn't ask me. And then Abu Bakr said, okay, tell me, where did you get it from? And then he said, before I was a Muslim. Now this servant is a Muslim, but before he was not a Muslim. So he said, before when I was not a Muslim during that time, I used to do some soothsaying for people. You know, people who would go to soothsayers and, and ask them, tell me what's in my future. You know, like, like the so-called psychics that you have today, palm readers, these type of people, right? They claim that they can tell you what's going to happen in your future. So those type of people were there in, in Arabia as well, the disbelievers. So this, this servant who is now a Muslim, he said, before I was a Muslim, in the days that this person was a non-Muslim, he said, I used to do some of this soothsaying for people. People would come to me and they'd ask me about their future and I would just make some things up and just tell them whatever. He, he admitted, he said, I would just tell them lies, basically, whatever came in my head, I would just make something up and tell them. So there was, there was a person who I used to do this for and I told him that in your future such and such thing will happen. This was a long time ago. And today I happened to meet that guy again. This is a long time later. Now this man is a Muslim, alhamdulillah. But he met that guy that he did this, this soothsaying for before. He said, I happened to meet that guy today. And he told me that what I told him, it, it happened. It actually happened. Coincidentally, these things could happen. You can just make something up that such and such thing is going to happen. And if Allah wills, that thing coincidentally will happen. It doesn't mean that there, there is any type of ability in your soothsaying or anything. But it could be that what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala willed happens to coincide with what you said. With what you said. So this was the case here. He said, I, I just made it up, but it happened. It happened to happen. And the guy came to me and he said, okay, you, you told me such and such would happen and it happened. So this is your reward for that. This is your payment for that service that you did to me. And he gave me this food. And this is the food that I gave you. So this servant, perhaps he didn't have much knowledge. He didn't realize that, you know, you can't take a payment for this type of a thing. He was a person probably who didn't have that, that level of knowledge. And he didn't realize that what he was doing was wrong. He shouldn't have taken that. But he took it and he gave it to Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu. And when he told Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu that this is what happened, this is where I got this food, Abu Bakr had already eaten it. Because today he didn't ask him beforehand where he got the food from. So he had already eaten it. And when he told him this story, what did Abu Bakr Siddiq do? He put his finger in his mouth. He put his finger in the back of his mouth in order to vomit. He didn't want that food to be inside of him. So he put the finger in his mouth, he vomited, vomited, kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing it to make sure that everything was gone. That there's not even a morsel of it left in his stomach. Kept doing it until he started vomiting blood. And once he started vomiting blood, he realized, okay, now it's all gone. Then he was, he was satisfied with that. So look at, look at this. Look at the carefulness that he had. So these are just some glimpses into the character of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq that he had while he was a companion of the Prophet and he kept these qualities during his time as the Khalifa of the Prophet And that is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala helped him. You know, it was such, such a, a difficult time when he was the Khalifa of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. All sorts of problems 
all came down on his shoulders. But Alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu anh, the ability to stand with this burden and to be able, by the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to manage these things successfully. Radiallahu anhu arda. And that is because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, in tansurullaha yansurkum, wa yuthabbit aqdamakum. O you who believe, if you keep your duties towards Allah, and surely Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu anh, he kept his duties towards Allah. O you who believe, if you keep your duties towards Allah, Allah will help you. And you see, Allah helped Abu Bakr radiallahu anh. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will keep your feet firm. You will not sway. Even when things become difficult, you will be able to stay strong and to stay firm and be successful. Alhamdulillah. And Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu anh, his life and his khilafah is an example of this. So these are just some glimpses into the character and the personality of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to learn from these great examples and allow us to emulate these great men radiallahu anhum ajma'een. Inshallah, we'll continue next week. Wa barakallahu feekum. Wallahu alam wa sallallahu wa sallam. Wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een.